Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yeah. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Yo, what up? Welcome to another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. I'm Patrick, flying solo. And the Golden State Warriors smacked the hell out of the Dallas Mavericks 130-92 in a game that must have felt good to everyone who's a Warriors fan, everyone on that roster, everyone in that locker room, and everyone in the Bay. That was fun, you know, (laughs) of course. Uh, That was fun for me to watch. Sucked for Dallas fans, I'm sure. But... There were a lot of good things to see in this, and this might be the game that helps the Warriors turn the corner. This is just what they needed. After a rough week to beat this Dallas team that had been playing really well by almost 40 points, by 38 points, is impressive. I don't know. I was texting Aram in Toronto, and he was like, oh, they must uh, be aware that it is a nationally televised game. And I don't know. I was like... In the first quarter, Andrew Wiggins sure as hell seemed like he knew it was a nationally televised game. He came out aggressive, and I like that. I was like, oh, he's he's gunning for that all-star berth. But, you know, looking at this game, if this is a sign that they're turning the corner, that they're getting used to some of these adjustments, that they're getting used to playing without Draymond, then we're starting to see the promise of this roster this year. We've talked about this a lot since the beginning of the season, since the off season, actually the preseason, how good this team could potentially be. You want them to be healthy. You want them to get experience and everything. And you want them to be at least in the top half of the Western Conference for the playoffs, the top four, ideally to get the first spot. But we'll see how the season, how injuries play out. But it was a good sign, first and foremost, to see Clay Thompson back in the lineup. He had missed a game because of a knee tweak, and they were just being cautious. And he was questionable for this game, so I actually didn't expect him to play. But he wanted to play, and so they greenlit him, and and he played. I felt like in the last game that Clay didn't play in, that the Warriors bench, their others that I referenced that, you know, as Shaq always calls them, the others, the role players, the bench players, they lifted the team to the last win. I was like, okay, so maybe those guys are getting their mojo back, which this team desperately needs when Steph is still in such a terrible shooting funk. And that's huge if these guys are starting to get there. Talking about Andrew Wiggins first, since I mentioned him already, he was aggressive. Wiggins overall was five for 11, only one for five from three, but he had five boards, three assists, and he had 14 points total. 
and him playing with Clay in the starting lineup, they're starting to get a little bit more chemistry. If you notice, like there were a couple good passes between them. Clay had that first behind the back assist to Wiggins on a layup and a foul and hit the and one. So that is a good sign. Clay, of course, was playing this different rotation before he would start the game play about four or five minutes or something and then end the first half. And then same in the second half, he would start the third and then end the game. And the problem was there was like a big stretch of time between each of his runs, right? So that's no good. You lose your rhythm. Any rhythm you had, it's gone. You can get cold and your body can get cold too, you know? So they changed it up. And honestly, that helped clay he looked good out there he he fell twice he hit the ground twice and again i keep saying this because it's still like in my mind like when he hits the ground does he get back up does he like you know show any signs of any pain or near achilles issues and he hasn't so far and these were falls on defense and maybe on a break but that's always encouraging and he was good he was good he was six for 12 overall Three of five from three. He had 15 points and he had six assists. And again, if you all forgot, Clay used to have like the worst assist numbers, you know? So he was definitely moving the ball. I think after that first behind the back pass, he threw two or three more. And I think this is a good part of his game. Before the injury, he was always expanding his offensive game in terms of shooting at all three levels of the offense. But If he is focusing a little bit more on passing and setting other dudes up, that's a plus, you know, like that's a whole nother level of Clay's game that he could unlock without having to worry about shooting the ball or any kind of quote unquote loss of athleticism that comes with the injuries that he's had. And it also helps other guys get into rhythm, of course, and develop chemistry with Clay. I already mentioned Wiggins, but you know, you look at somebody like Jordan Poole, he had some minutes with Clay, and Jordan Poole definitely built off of that last game. He was aggressive, he drove a lot, he dribbled a lot, he gets a little dribble happy, but you know, whatever it takes to get him engaged and keep him aggressive, for now, I'll take it. If he makes mistakes, if he turns the ball over, whatever. They'll work that out. But what the Warriors need is what we're seeing, him to be aggressive, to go to the basket, to get other guys engaged, involved, and to really, really lead that second unit, especially when Clay, when Steph, when Draymond, when Andre Iguodala aren't out there. He's the one that's going to initiate. Jordan Poole, six for 10, only two of six from three, but he had three assists, two boards, but he was constantly pushing, constantly testing the defense, the Dallas defense, and really, really giving that energy that the Warriors' second unit desperately needed. And, you know, this rotation, this new rotation that Clay has, where he has like a shorter stint to start the game, Poole coming off some games where he's been more aggressive and he's had good moments, gets in the game earlier, gets into the flow more easily, and just goes for it. So that's that's definitely a plus. Overall, though, the team just had a ton of energy. They played really, really hard, really, really well. All the guys who had been iffy for the most part shot really well, played really well. Damian Lee, again, he played well in this game. He was four for five, plus 29, the highest plus minus on the team for the evening. And 
you know, like he was good at the beginning of the season, right? He was like averaging 14 points or something a game after the first couple of weeks. He was really solid for them off the bench, but then he lost some playing time. He was out for a while because uh, his kid was born and everything. And he's been riding the bench a lot, hasn't had as many minutes. And, you know, as a result, when he would come in, wasn't very consistent, wasn't very solid, but maybe he's starting to come out of that a little bit. And shout out to Nemanja Bielitsa, man. That dude, he was three for six in 18 minutes and he had 10 boards. I'll take it. You know, two steals as well. He had 10 points. So that's the kind of workmanlike game you want to see from him. And like I was saying, the whole team pretty much showed up and hopefully this is a hint of what is to come moving forward from here on out. It feels like these guys are starting to get used to each other a little bit more. A game like this certainly helps, you know, (laughs) when you're hitting threes and dunking all over the place. The Warriors overall shot 39.5% from three, 17 for 43, but Steph was two for 10. Again, struggling from deep. But if you subtract Steph from that equation, the Warriors were 15 for 33, which is 45%, which I will take from the team any given night. But at least Steph did go for twos early on. For a while, Aram has been saying that Steph should go for twos. He can get those shots anytime, especially when everybody's guarding against his three-pointer. And he hit them. You know, he could hit those mid-rangers. He could hit those elbow jumpers with ease. So... It was good to see him go after those. He was five of six on twos. So maybe that's something that Steph continues to do until he gets his rhythm back from long distance. And during the broadcast, they had mentioned that Steph had hurt both of his hands. We knew that, right? We knew that he had hurt both hands in the last couple of weeks. And there was a clip going around on social from some local Bay Area reporter. And Steph was kind of talking to some of the coaching staff and whatever. And they were like (laughs) looking at his hands or, you know, who knows? Speculation is speculation, right? But is he trying to figure out how to get around this? Does he have hand issues? Does he need some time to rest and heal up? Maybe, you know, we'll see. But he still obviously affects the game because he's such a threat. He still stretches the opposing team's defense and... He had nine boards and seven assists, you know, four turnovers. But hey, who's Steph Curry if he doesn't throw some risky passes? Four teams remain in the NFL playoffs, including your San Francisco 49ers. And that means only four teams left for you to bet on at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Counting down to Super Bowl 56, new customers can bet 56 to 1 odds on any team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. Not a new customer? You can experience the conference championships with same game parlays. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN and get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. Bet just $5 and win 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code TBPN for 56 to 1 odds at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is good. This is a good sign, right? Like they don't have Draymond. And although Steph is out there, 
They don't have the staff that we saw earlier in the season. So the other guys are taking that responsibility and picking up the slack, taking ownership of putting the team in position to win. And we'll see if this keeps going. You know, they had some really bad games in the past couple of weeks. And as much as you don't want to go overboard on a bad effort, a bad loss, you don't want to go too overboard on a win like this. I mean, I'm confident in this team because we've seen this version of the team earlier this season, and now they have Clay Thompson. And that adjustment period that I've been talking about ad nauseum for weeks now, you know, starting to maybe like meld a little bit, you know, maybe there's uh, more peaks than valleys as the days go by. You know what I mean? There will still be rough spots, you know, but this is good. We'll see how they come out against the Minnesota Timberwolves on Thursday. The Wolves beat Portland, and Minnesota's been playing well. Minnesota, of course, beat the Warriors in Minnesota. Just like how Dallas beat the Warriors in Dallas back on January 5th, the Warriors probably took exception to that and came out against this Mavericks team wanting this win more than usual. Hopefully, they come out with the same attitude against the Timberwolves especially with D'Angelo Russell coming back to the Bay. Andrew Wiggins didn't have a great game against Minnesota in Minnesota, but we all remember how he played when the Wolves came to SF. So hopefully we'll get more of that. And now I want to talk about Jonathan Kaminga. Jonathan Kaminga is a guy who was starting for a hot minute and then Kerr decided it was best if he were to come back off the bench and Otto Porter Jr. start with Draymond out. And Kaminga's minutes had been up and down, largely because his play and his consistency had been up and down. But every guy on this team, everybody had been up and down overall. On offense, when Kaminga first came into the game in the first half, he scored well. But he did throw some bad passes and messed up on defense a few times on switches. And he was a little slow in closeouts and contests. But when he got in in the second half and the Warriors had a pretty decent lead, I mean, the show was just on. That massive dunk he had on the break where Bielitsa threw it. And I think it was Josh Green that was guarding Kaminga. Kaminga caught the ball. I mean, first of all, I thought Bielitsa's pass was like way too high. I either thought that was going to just get hung up up there or it was going to go in the stands. But Kaminga went up and got it and just pivoted and threw down like one of the nastier slams I've seen this season. Honestly... The Warriors have had some crazy dunks this year, and Kaminga's had at least five of them. And I loved it. I loved his reaction afterwards. He was just smiling. I remember in the summer league, there was a game, one of their last games, where I think, you know, Draymond and Steph were in the building. And it was the one where Kaminga took it from the top of the key. And he drove past some dude and then just took off and threw it down with both hands. And he like smiled and clapped afterwards. And after this one, after this dunk in the Dallas game, he was all smiles. And the TNT cameraman and producer did a good job of putting the camera on him because he was just standing there smiling, almost a combination of joy and disbelief. Like what? Clay came up to him. Jordan Poole came up to him. It was great exclamation mark for the rest of the night. I like that kid. And y'all know I do because I talk about him all the time, but he'll continue to have his ups and downs this season. I've said this before, but just as a reminder, he reclassified when he was in high school. So when he joined the G League Ignite, he actually should have been a senior in high school. 
And so right now he should actually be a freshman in college. So the kid is young. The kid is young and he is, man, like, I don't want to repeat stuff that some of y'all have heard from me before in previous episodes, but he's just a very, very rare player that the Warriors have not had very often in my lifetime, in my fandom. And that's what's really exciting about him. So anybody who <laughs> talks about, oh, they should move Jonathan Kaminga, it's not going to happen and it better not happen. But I appreciate that kid's enthusiasm, the fun that he has and the joy that he has for the game, which obviously really fits this roster, this culture, this Warriors organization pretty well. He also hit all four of his three-point shots. What? <laughs> Again, like his shot has never been broken. He just needed the reps. And I think we're starting to see the fruits of that labor. The knock on him last season and before the draft was that he's not a good shooter. But he didn't look like rookie year at UCLA, Lonzo Ball, with that weird shot. Kaminga just couldn't hit it consistently. But if there's one thing that happens when you're in the NBA and a team has millions of dollars riding on you, is they're going to make sure you get those shots up and fix whatever is not working. He even got a nice roll, a shooter's bounce on his fourth three-pointer. And that's always a good sign. You know, they call it a shooter's bounce, shooter's roll for a reason. Basketball gods are smiling down on him right now. He also had five boards, so he's, you know, he's working on his rebounding still. Yeah, a lot of that was in garbage time, but it's just, it's awesome for him to showcase that again. You know, it brings so much energy to the game and so much energy to the team and the fans, whether they're in the stadium, in the arena, or like me, watching at home, replaying I literally rewound that massive dunk on that Bielitsa pass 20 times before I kept going with the game. I wanted to see all the reactions. I wanted to see how high he got because it's always crazy to me how high that kid can get. You know, he's 6'7", 6'8", but he gets his head to the rim with ease and with power. And there was that start of the second quarter lineup, which I found interesting, which was Steph, Clay, Jordan Poole, Jonathan Kaminga, and Nemanja Bielitsa. That was interesting. I would love to see that lineup more and more, especially with Draymond out. I think obviously Clay, Steph, and Jordan Poole just having those three shooters. And then Bielitsa, obviously, technically a stretch big. And then Kaminga, who's starting to shoot it a little bit better from the outside, but his bread and butter is going straight downhill. So that lineup presents some variety. Bielitsa, not the most athletic guy, but maybe Kaminga mitigates that a little bit, you know? And then you have someone like Poole, who's kind of a crafty driver. He can get to the basket a little bit. Kaminga can just get there by sheer force and speed and skill. That's one to keep an eye on. In the first half, in the second quarter, you know, that's when Kaminga had some issues and stuff. But when we saw it again... It had better results for sure. Anyway, this was a much needed win and everybody was clicking. The ball was zipping around and we'll take this as a positive. We'll see if they can consistently string some of these really, really solid efforts together with Draymond out. It'll be great, you know, if they can finish this homestand strong. But, you know, you take it one game at a time and I would love to see them punish <laughs> the Timberwolves for the last game. You know what I mean? And I'm sure a lot of those guys, especially the vets, wanted to. Anyway, 
That is another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Feel free to hit me up on Twitter at Patrick Epino, E-P-I-N-O, or at Oakland Warriors. Check us out, oaklandwarriors.com, and be sure to tell your fellow Warrior fan friends to tune in and listen. The Oakland Warriors podcast is produced by National Film Society and is a part of the Basketball Podcast Network. And if you're so inclined, please do leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And if you want to say some nice stuff about the show on Apple Podcasts in a review, that would be hugely appreciated. Thanks. That's it. Music in this episode provided by Paper Sun. Special thanks to Paul Amardo for production support. See you next time and go Dubs. Go Dubs.